as it relates to the beauty and the power of the incarnation. The first word is believe, the second word is receive, and the third word is perceive. Believe, receive, and perceive, and they apply to us all. When it comes to the incarnation, here's the first truth. If I'm gonna be transformed by this message, here's what first must happen, number one. I must believe in his supernatural birth. Hi, loved ones and listeners. Craig Turnbull here at Live in the Light. Joining me in our studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons, and we are thankful that you joined us here today. Live in the Light, just to remind you, is a radio ministry that we want to see God transform lives through the revelation of God's Word. And so in a few moments, we're going to flip things over to Pastor Robbie, who's got a great message for today from God's Word. But you have also joined us, loved ones and listeners. You have also joined us. Back back by popular demand, Greg. popular demand for our annual Christmas fireside sit-down chit-chat with Pastor Craig and Pastor Robbie. That's right, man. A little bit of Christmas banter. We're so excited, aren't we? Just a few days away? I love it. Yeah, I got the hot cocoa. And the fireplace. Nice. Well, this is a chance for us. Yeah, exactly. This is a chance for you and I, and our listeners again, because they loved it so much last year. Annual tradition now. Chance for us to talk about the things, as you and I are both big fans of Christmas. We pray for the right reasons, but there's also some things we celebrate as well within that. The Christmas music and some of the festivities and different traditions. And so what are you kind of, where are you at right now? What are you thinking about as Christmas quickly approaches? Well, as Christmas approaches, I'm thinking about those times that we gather together as a family. The crush the loudness. Most of it's brought by my family, my immediate family, yeah. my kids and things, the loudness, but all that great fun surrounding those days. It's just its just a sweet time to remember and to count the blessings and to just delight in the time of year. I mean, I, th- I think it's—I think you said it right. Like we celebrate it for the right reasons. We love the church services. We love the, the gospel truths of the incarnation of this time of year, but we love the truths that God has given us uh, his son and we celebrate all of his gifts, like yeah. the gift of his family, yeah. the family that he gives to us and, and, and gifts of homes and gifts of food and gifts of friendship and things it like that. It is, you're right, it is an opportunity for some pretty neat perspective. Like every year, Craig, like when the incarnation kind of, I always surprise myself at how much joy I get from the first Christmas and the joy that's there. Like it honestly catches me off guard every year. Like why am I still so excited about this? Why am I so thrilled? Like, I guess it's because it's the introduction of the gospel in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And just to know that that's the start of of just the message of salvation in terms of Jesus being here. And that's why you and I can be here and have hope right now in the midst of a very dark world. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, Christmas started earlier in my family this year. Uh, my boy, who's three, we were sitting down and reading the Jesus Storybook Bible. You know, Beautiful. The, yeah, yep. that awesome, awesome book, children's book. And uh, we we were talking through the Old Testament. And then I love how you can just flip ahead to this book. They're not sponsors, by the way. But, <laughs> That's uh, right. We uh, do recommend it, though. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, and we flipped ahead, and I'm reading the story of the angel, and there's that full-page spread. You turn to the side, and it's like, boom. And, of course, he's a boy, so he loves that action stuff. But then I, I find myself like getting like pausing in the story because I'm like – I'm choking up because wow. of the truth of here's the crisis we were in. Here's the horrible state humanity was in. Here's the hopelessness. I mean, we're not, not just lost. We were enemies and children yes. of wrath. 
And then God in his infinite mercy comes and not comes as a mighty warrior. He comes clothed in, in, in the flesh of a little baby boy born in a backwater nation. Uh, it's, to, it's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. really is. It really is. And so our prayer, even for our listeners right now, like we just so much are praying that that peace that we can't produce in ourselves, but we can pray for. But that peace and that joy, because lots of our listeners would have that Christmas is not exciting for them. Yep. For lots of our listeners, there's good parts, there's bad parts. Mm-hmm. You know, Lots of our listeners might be even discouraged or just kind of anxious about mm-hmm. all the activity mm-hmm. and the buying and blah, blah, blah. But we're praying, just hear us right now too. We are so praying that, that, that again, that first Christmas joy and hope and peace when the angels announced and the shepherds ran and the wise men, the I love the Bible, exceedingly great joy yeah. they had. Our prayer is that for you, that that would be your foundation of light and of love. And listen, hey, listeners, it's, it's possible. Like Jesus can do anything. And so as you approach this week, may it not be just chaos, but may it be true Christmas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and and I'm just thinking of a of a couple of families in our church who you know you're staring down at Christmas this year, and it's not the Christmas they wanted. It's not the Christmas they were planning for. And and like you said, like the truth of the incarnation is that God came for you. He never le- never left you. Never leaves you. Never gives up on you. He he loved you so much. He stepped wow. into the hurt and into the pain, and he suffered for you gave his life for you. And I know we're going to talk about that in just a second with your message, um, these great truths of the incarnation a little bit more. Um, but we turned it a little heavy. Is, yeah, there, is, yeah. there, is there, like, as you're looking ahead to Christmas, there's also that, there's also that everybody's together, it's loud, it's crazy, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, you're looking forward to that part of Christmas Yeah, yeah, well. I'd say a nice transition from the heavy to the lighter, it would be in the middle somewhere, which is also sweet. I'm, I, Craig, I can't wait for a silent night at our Christmas Eve service. Yeah. That's one of my favorite times of the whole year. Just the yeah. lights go down, there's kind of that blue yeah. starry sky, and just, and just the voices of the people, like, yeah. oh, man, come on, it's going to be great. And, of course, I mean, Christmas, the meaning of getting together, the excitement. I got four kids, you know, age four. 14 to 7, so they're still in that place where they'll get pretty fired up about it in different ways, and just, again, I have such good memories as well, so the chance to sing together, to have, who's afraid of a little bit of eggnog? Not me, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> and, and and some good food as well. And honestly, yeah. oh, and the Christmas tree, I've been enjoying the Christmas tree yeah. in the living room, opening my Bible in the morning. By yeah. the, oh, man, that is like serenity for me, too. Yeah. Love that as well. How about you? Yeah, You know, I was thinking about our church, we do the Oh, holy night, silent night combo. I love that. We always close every service with that. Now, you're not going to like this about me, but we are an artificial tree family. I know that Ooh. you've got strong feelings about that. It's like it's like hey, I have my own. Bible on my iPad. I know that that's also a bone of contention sometimes. <laughs> uh, but but we have a thing. Like my wife is is from Ohio, so every year at the we call it the real Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving moment. Right. Thursday, Friday, right. I book off work. The kids are pulled forcibly but loving it out yeah. of school. Yeah. We always watch the Macy's Day Parade on YouTube repeat and so we don't have any commercials. Yeah. And then that Thursday, we set up the Christmas tree. So oh, the fake Christmas tree it. goes up, which we can do, but yes. you can't do because you have a real Christmas tree. Yeah. Because it's all wait. about the smell, right, for you? Well, probably, or, yeah. yeah. But or that's the authenticity. Great, that's a great tradition, Craig. I love that. See, that mm. just blesses me. And we encourage you out there too, man, like your traditions and hopefully, again, that you'll be able to have some of those and take advantage of that because it is fun and it is joyful. And now, now, really light now, 
Um, Dominic the Donkey. Hey. <laughs> the best Christmas song ever written. <laughs> that that yeah. got amazing ratings last year. Did we play that on air? I don't know if we did. I don't not. think we're allowed to oh, yeah, because yeah. it is it is still copywritten. Because and who wouldn't want to protect the copyrights <laughs> right. on something so priceless? But if you want a classic, is that a Chicago original? Well, I song? heard it first in Chicago. I lived okay. there for eight years, and I heard it first there because the strong. Italian community uh, in Chicago. Yes. It would always hit the radio. That was like for me the first sign that, that Christmas was coming. It was Dominic the Donkey. A special Italian Christmas. Yeah, the Italian Christmas Donkey. Yes, yes. okay. And so yeah. that's very exciting. So listeners, make sure you check that out. Dominic the Donkey. Has no redeemable spiritual quality at all, <laughs> except that <laughs> so, laughter is good. So he just warns you. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And, and who doesn't like a little bit of Boney M? I knew it was coming. Feliz Navidad. It, it has to. It has to. That's my, yeah. my personal favorite. Boney M Christmas. Wow, pretty neat. Pretty deep at times. Yes. But special as well. Pretty deep at times. And now, listeners, you're like, oh, I love Boney M. But I wonder if you would love Boney M if you were three offices away and you could still hear it blasting through your walls. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, man. I, I apologize already and in advance of the next couple of yes. days. Yes, okay. All so... Right. All that to say, I live in the light here. We just want you to have such a great Christmas. And thank you for putting up with us even now. But we pray just a little bit of light in your day and both the light of the light of living the light and also just lightheartedness as well. We we trust that that's happened. And we're excited for Matthew chapter one. Again, living the light Christmas continues. A message from God's word. Again, the incarnation. Wow. And this focuses in on Jesus when he came and Joseph and Mary. And it's going to be pretty, pretty good. So Craig, you want to lead in? Yeah, just to say Matthew chapter 1. Again, as Robbie said, we're in uh, verses 18 through 25. And from all of us here at Live in the Light to all of you, God bless and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, welcome, welcome. On behalf of the leadership of this church, uh, my name is Robbie Simons, and I get to be one of the pastors here. And um, we want to sincerely welcome you. Again, those who are part of Harvest Oakfield, and especially those two who are visitors with us Today, on what we consider to be a very, very important celebration. Today, we celebrate an important time for our church. It's a very important time recognizing the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been praying specifically that you would also be able to recognize and share and how important this truth is and what this day that we remember really means. What do we celebrate today specifically as we gather um, as the church of Jesus Christ? We celebrate what is theologically called the incarnation. The incarnation is literally the infleshing of God. It's taken from the root word in the Latin carne, which means flesh and can also even mean meat in different forms of languages. This is the day when Jesus Christ was sent to the earth, when God became man, when God took on flesh. It is the incarnation, again, the infleshing of God. Understand this too, the incarnation, meaning the birth of Christ, Christmas day, is the turning point for all of history. Whether you're a genuine believer in Jesus Christ or you find yourself to be agnostic, and even the most ardent skeptics must admit that when Jesus Christ was born, thus began the most influential life of all time. By a landslide, I mean, second place isn't even close. Any honest evaluation with integrity of the life of Jesus Christ will be led in honesty to sit back in wonder and really say, how could one person have such an impact? How is it possible that here we are all these years later and the Lord Jesus Christ still radically changing lives across this globe? 
Here's how one writer put it. He said this, 20 wide centuries have come and gone today, and he, Jesus, is the centerpiece of the human race, the leader of the column of progress. He says, I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, you put them all together, and they have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as has that one solitary life. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, why is this so? Because it is so. How is all this possible? Again, here we are 2,000 years later and a continent away and lives are literally being transformed again across this world for Jesus Christ. And the amount of lives that are being changed is staggering. But now listen, the media doesn't tell you this, not in our land. (laughs) The media has no interest in reporting the reality of how Jesus Christ is changing life after life after life. One example is, There is now conservative estimates report that in the nation of China, there are so many millions of genuine followers of Jesus Christ. If you put them all together, they would equal four times the entire population of Canada. I mean, just think about that. Here we are in Canada. I'm going to clap. Amen. Amen. But just, but just think about it. In Canada, we're like, oh, God is dead and things are going down. We just, you got to get your head out of the sand and look around, but we don't hear this stuff. There's hundreds of millions of believers. And to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the moment you sign that dotted line to say, I'm following Christ, you're persecuted. It's not like you're being invited to the easy life. It's not like you're being invited to the life where you get a bunch of money and life goes really well and you're guaranteed. No, no, you're guaranteed hardship. What does that tell you, man? The, the, the transformation is genuine. The, the, the legitimacy, the reality that the movement of Jesus Christ across this world, again, it is staggering, which dwarfs anything that we know even here in this nation. How could this be? How is it possible these things are taking place? Well, the answer to that is that first Christmas day and with the incarnation, what it meant was that Jesus Christ came as literally the son of God. He was born as God taking on flesh. Really what this means is this is God with us. And see, when God comes to earth, things are changing and lives are changing as well. When God comes to earth, he's not just wasting his time and doing it for fun. He's coming to revolutionize. He's coming to change. He's coming ultimately to save. And so that's why ever since Jesus has come, and again, just reporting to so many lives are being impacted. Now I extol you, I implore you, I exhort you, I encourage you to just take a moment in this life. I don't know where you're coming from exactly. I don't know what's happening in your life. But what happens in our society is so many people lose perspective so quickly. And what I mean by that is, so our culture puts you on the hamster wheel and then it's like this. And all of life, and we want it to be entertainment. We're going after sports. We're trying to make more money. We're living for the next thing. And I just want my next paycheck or next vacation or next opportunity. And we go through life like this and we're so focused on the here and now. So many people come to the end of life and all of a sudden they realize that there's this thing called death. And then they realize they are mortal and they face death for the first time. They're like, wait, 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 what's my life about? And so often it's too late. That is the foolishness of our world. How many of you possibly are even here right now, you've never taken the time to seriously ask, is there anything beyond me? Ah, yes, there is. But just to take the time and just to ask, just to ask, just to take a moment away from the television or from their phone or from the internet and just just say, wait, wait, 
What is this world really about? And I pray today that you will hear with great clarity, urgency, and with love what this world is really about. You think about Christmas and you think of the humility of Jesus Christ coming. You know, God doesn't come to earth on that first Christmas to impress the world. God does not come to fit in with the culture of the day. Uh, Jesus Christ does not, he's not born in order to rule in the pride of man. No, rather what he does do, he comes to transform those, listen, listen, those who know they need him. Jesus Christ comes in the whole Bethlehem story and the humility surrounded it pictures this. Jesus Christ comes for the broken. Jesus Christ comes for the humble. He comes to meet with the lowly. Ultimately, he comes for sinners. He comes for sinners who know that they need a savior. In our passage today, from Matthew Gospel, And chapter one really explains all of this for us. And we're gonna see, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter one. For those of you who don't, these words, these verses will be on the screen. This is the word of God. This is what changes lives. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament and appreciate you turning there. At the very least, you can look at the screen and see the words that could be used to change your life today. Matthew chapter one, verse 18 says this. Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child, notice, from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just and unjust man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is found from Isaiah, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord has commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And notice, and he called his name Jesus. Now, as it relates to our text this Christmas Eve day, I have three main words from you that we're gonna pull out of this text and all three of these words rhyme. Now, why do I do that? Because I'm a pastor and because I love you, all right? It's gonna help you remember as well, okay? So here are the three words I'm gonna pull out from these verses here as it relates to the beauty and the power of the incarnation. The first word is believe, the second word is receive, and the third word is perceive. Believe, receive, and perceive, and they apply to us all. When it comes to the incarnation, here's the first truth. If I'm gonna be transformed by this message, here's what first must happen, number one. I must believe in his supernatural birth. I must believe in the supernatural birth of Jesus Christ, as it says in the word of God. Now, verse 18, it says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And the first thing we learn from Matthew's gospel is Mary has been betrothed to Joseph. Now, I have a footnote in my Bible beside the word betrothed, which says legally pledged to be married. So back then, engagement was as binding as being married. Engagement, if you were to break it off, would be equal to divorce. Marriages were often arranged. They were often formed with a binding contract and often to a bride price was paid. 
Engagement with a couple had little social contact, contact, and certainly there was no physical contact during the time of this engagement or as they were betrothed to one another. Now notice in verse 18, the Bible makes it abundantly clear. It says, before they came together, before they were intimate with one another, the Bible is going out of its way to tell us that Mary was a virgin. Notice also the Bible telling us without question that Mary was found to be with child. And then in verse 18, it says, from the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph knew the first two. Now, obviously he was engaged to Mary. He saw that Mary was pregnant, but he did not yet know that this was a conception conceived by the Holy Spirit. So what we do as we're reading God's word is we try to put ourselves in the text to live within the characters to try to get a sense of what they must have been feeling. So put yourselves in the shoes of Joseph and imagine the shock. Imagine the bewilderment when he finds out that this woman he loves and is engaged to is carrying a child. Now the normal proceeding for any Jewish man found in this context would be to shame his wife as the text even alludes to. It would be to divorce her and even see her go through severe punishment, not by his will, but by the law and what it said. But look at what the word says in verse 19. It says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So we read here, Joseph was a just and righteous man. We learn here he was a kind man. He was a gentle man man. And men here today, I can't resist a little Christmas Eve application. In Christ, we are called to be just men, righteous men in Christ, to be kind men, listen, to be gentle men. And this is one of the reasons that Joseph was even chosen to do what he did, because he was a good man. These are the men that God uses men of integrity, men of character, men who love the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, put yourselves in Joseph's shoes. Imagine the betrayal you would feel. Imagine the heartache. Imagine the anguish. Imagine the confusion. Imagine the anger. Imagine the sadness. But he was such a good man. It says he resolved to divorce her quietly. How hard that would have been. But look at what comes next in verse 20. It says, but as he considers these things, so the stress he's considering, the anxiety he would be feeling as he considers this, as he's doing this, a powerful world shows up in verse 20. You see it there? It's the word, behold. Behold, there's a transition now in God's text. An angel appears, and for the second time in three verses, the virgin birth is confirmed. God's trying to send a message right now. He wants us to know how this took place. Verse 20, notice, the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, what we need to understand here is the magnitude of what is taking place. Think of what verse 20 is telling us. It's telling us that the only time in human history, here we have a woman carrying a seed in her that is not from man. The only time in human history this has ever happened. Without question, God's word explains over and over again that the birth of Jesus Christ is unlike any other in history. But the question that I'm asking, hopefully the question you're asking as well is this, but why the virgin birth? Why was the virgin birth so necessary? Why did God choose to do it this way? Why could he not do it some other way? And I'm really glad you asked that question too. 
because I wanna put three huge reasons. And for some of us, we've never been taught this before. Some of us are even believers and we've never really understood why the virgin birth. On the screen for you right here, the three reasons, main reasons why the virgin birth was so critical and necessary. First of all, because salvation can only come from the Lord. Think about it. It's impossible based upon human effort to come up with a virgin birth. We can't do it. It, it takes the, again, a man and a woman to produce a child. There's no way to produce a true birth of a child apart from a man and a woman. So the virgin birth is unmistakably a reminder that this is from God and not from us. So the true gift of Christmas is God sent his son. We had nothing to do with it. God provided for us at Christmas something we could never have provided for ourselves. You see, because we can't save ourselves. We're never good enough, strong enough, holy enough, righteous enough. We can't solve the own, our own problem of sin. There's only one who can solve our problem of sin, and that's God through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he came through the virgin birth. Secondly, the virgin birth did this massive truth. It made possible the uniting of full deity and full humanity of Christ. So consider how smart and brilliant our God is. Oh, I love him and worship him. He sends his son this way. But think, God could have created Jesus in heaven and then sent him as a 25-year-old. He could have done that but then we would have doubted that he was ever really human. And then he could not truly be the mediator between man and God. He could not fully relate to us. The other side of this, God could have had Jesus born from human parents. And then later on in Jesus' life, God could have united the human nature of Jesus Christ with his divine nature again sometime after he was born. But then without a doubt, we would start to doubt that he was actually fully God. But then consider how God sent his son through the virgin birth. It's ingenious. It's awesome. It's a combination of human and divine influence. Think about it. His full humanity recognized by a human birth and his full deity recognized through the Holy Spirit conception. Our God is so awesome. You get, we would never make this stuff up. We're not smart enough. God in his glory Design this before the foundation of the world. This is why the virgin birth was so necessary. And thirdly, last but not least, this is so important. The virgin birth allowed that Jesus was born without sin. He was not born into sin. Why is that so big deal? Because every human being ever born apart from Jesus Christ is born into and with sin. Every child ever born proves this pretty quickly. Amen, parents? <laughs> right? And now I remember when my oldest... He's 12 now, but my oldest, when he was one, I remember this specifically in our townhouse, he got on the floor and when he did not get his own way in protest, he would take his head and literally smash it off the hardwood floor. And I look at my wife and I go, sinner, sinner, look at him, sinner, you know? And proving it, proving it each day. But listen, look here, look here, look here. But every single day, I also prove that I am a sinner. Every single day I live, there's evil in my heart and evil in my words and evil with my actions. Because at the end of the day, I am a sinner desperately in need of a savior as well. You see, so what about Jesus then? Because Jesus did not have a human father conceived of the Holy Spirit, 
This means the line of descent of original sin passed on to every single human being who proves it, as we have said, this was partially interrupted because Jesus conceived by the Holy Spirit and then formed in the womb of Mary. You say, well, I thought Joseph was Jesus' father, foster parent, stepdad, conceived of the Holy Spirit, not his true dad. Fully God, fully man because of the virgin birth. Jesus did not descend from Adam like every other human being in history. Therefore, Jesus was different. Because then of the virgin birth, Jesus was not under the condemnation of sin and there was no corruption in him as there is in you and I. Hey, if you're looking for more Bible teaching, we have many of Pastor Robbie's previous Live in the Light messages available for you to listen to at any time on our website, liveinthelight.ca. We also have our daily program and podcast forms you can listen easily on the go or hanging out at home. If you have any questions about who we are or want to share a story about what God is doing in your life, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at one 844 22LIGHT or use the contact page on our website. Catch you next time here at Live in the Light. <laughs>